You're listening to the Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of the Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm excited to chat with Bobby Gillespie, or Bobby G, as he likes to go by. Bobby is a brand growth consultant, and he's the author of the forthcoming book, Build Your Brand Like You Don't Give a Shit. The eye is obviously blacked out, so he can get it on the bookshelves. And the, uh, he's the founder and the principal of Proper Design, a Baltimore-based B2B brand growth agency. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Rob. Appreciate being here. Awesome. So for those who don't know about Proper Design or yourself, let's give a, a you know, background on you and the company and how you got to where you're at now. Uh, so I'm... Um, uh... Born and raised in Philly, I moved to Baltimore about 15 and a half years ago, uh, and I was, uh, you know, my most of my career I spent as a designer, going from in-house to agency. I spent the last part of my career before I became an entrepreneur, uh, working at, you know, working and growing a big inbound e-commerce agency, and I just kind of grew frustrated with how the industry was operating in terms of just standards. Uh, and the standards were just all transactional, transactional, how they're treating employees, transactional, how they're treating clients. And I'm a relationships type guy. So that that kind of frustrated me. I wanted to focus more on delivering better results to our clients and really focusing on bridging the gap between their business goals and their brand aspirations. And a lot of times what we're doing is always just jumping to design. And, you know, along the way, I'm like, well, why is this appropriate? And why are we doing this to make somebody happy when they're not the customer? Uh, so we really kind of focused proper uh, originally on uh, asking why. Why are we doing this? Why do you need a new website? Why, why is this stuff wrong? Why is your messaging off point? Uh, and then really digging in and having clarity on uh, the, the the true answers to that question. So we had a better perspective on what the roadmap needed to be moving forward to get our clients uh, really the outcomes they desired. So we've been doing it since 2014. Uh, we primarily focus on B2B tech brands that are looking to scale. Uh, and the reason we, we kind of specialize there is because it's really interesting. We're working with, you know, PhDs and engineers scientists, just brilliant people that are smarter than us, but they don't know how to market themselves. They don't know how to compose messages or really make those connections, authentic connections with their customers and scale their company accordingly. So that's where we come in. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. We're definitely going to dive deep into uh, proper design and, and how it all works. But the first question I wanted to ask you is on a personal le uh, level, Bobby, what are some of the brands that you would be attracted to and, and loyal to and why? It's all about authenticity for me and purpose, right? So, you know, what we do for our clients is really help them be themselves, uh, you know, and that's something that really helps people feel more fulfilled, but also makes decision making a lot easier when you know what's right. Uh, but, you know, I'm not loyal to a ton of brands. I like to kind of operate as a free agent, but one brand that my wife will uh, kind of roll her eyes at that I'm loyal to is Sonos. 
they are a tech brand mm-hmm. um, and I love music. So uh, my proper office is really around the corner from my house. I can walk from my bedroom to my living room, to my kitchen, to my front porch. Uh, and then uh, a brief moment uh, of silence and I get to my office and it's the same song playing. Right. And I really like that. I really like their technology. But what what makes me a fan is uh, their support. So, you know, we've had this system for years and some of it's some legacy stuff, but I'm always expanding it. And recently when we moved away from uh, uh, Spotify because uh, they do not have my loyalty uh, to another streaming service, we were getting all these like interruptions and dropouts and the songs weren't playing consistently or at the same time across the system around my house. So I called her tech support and uh, this woman got on who was just so nice and friendly. I felt like we were like having a glass of wine together and she walked me through so much uh, deep, like support to get our system right. And she was just listening and we were talking and I was on, I was on with tech support. I don't know for an hour plus, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like she was just caring and wanted to BS, but also was helping me. Right. And she also let me know that some of my older equipment qualified for a 30, 15 to 30% discount on upgrading it, but we got to keep it too. So through all of this, uh, you know, uh, an hour of my time uh, that I don't feel like I lost, my system was upgraded in terms of performance by her advice. Uh, I also uh, committed to, we're redoing our kitchen, our house, our house is 102 years old, and we're redoing our kitchen, and I was like, well, I want to wire some speakers in here, or do I go with Sonos with the wireless? She walked me through everything. I feel incredibly confident and comfortable spending more money with them, expanding my system because of how she made me feel. She, I believe that they will stand by their equipment, they'll support it, and they'll constantly be upgrading it, right? And if I ever need help, I can just call them and someone's there to do it. So I spent like another grand on equipment after I got the phone with her, and that's not even the stuff for my kitchen, just because of how they made me feel. That's awesome. So my, my interaction with Sonos years ago, when I lived in the, the Caribbean, I had a Sonos system set up to the TV and then around the entire house. But we built it wired back in the day because it mm-hmm. was a stone, it was a uh, cement house. You know what I mean? It was made out of mm-hmm. cinder block and had rebar in it. So Wi-Fi was very, very difficult to get back and forth. So, but I just remember it as a hardware company. They, do they do software where it streams now too? They do have, well, everyone's a media company now, right? So they do have a uh, Sonus radio, but I don't tune into it. Uh, They have equipment that you can wire your own speakers to, or they have a system that broadcasts on your Wi-Fi. Uh, And they have the app that lives on your phone or your device, or if they have an app for my Mac. So it's all the same. Uh, So it is a little bit of software. It is a little bit of media. And it is a lot of uh, hardware. Yeah. Well, when we sold the house in Antigua, we, I left the Sonos system there because I had a system already in the house in New York. So, But it, it, was, it was definitely a cool system. I loved it. Everybody that came over was like, yeah, this is really cool stuff. 
And this was back in 2008, 2009. Yeah, that's around, I think 2012 is when I got my first piece. I mean, I have, a, I have turntables hooked up to it. You know, I could play, I stream records all over my house, my garage, my garage is separate from the house. Like it's amazing. I have speakers out front of the office to, to shoot out onto into the streets of Baltimore. If I want to play music out there, nice. like it's great. It just adds that. so much flexibility. <laughs> it's just amazing. And they're, they're constantly supporting and upgrading. We have problems with Wi-Fi in our house because it's all plaster and plaster apparently is more, uh, negative to your wi-fi signal than even brick or cement according to the, the the nice woman i spoke to she's like is your house old and is it all plaster i'm like yeah she's like that's probably some of the issues you're having but she walked me through on how to fix that and mitigate it and it's worked gotcha and to translate for some of our younger listeners the uh reference that bobby made to a uh, a record player uh, maybe that's a story for another episode. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I know they, they're making a comeback though. My buddy up in Buffalo has a turntable in his basement. He showed me the. It's all decked yeah. out, and he's still spinning vinyl. He loves it. Yeah, I, I do it almost every day. I have uh, a nice system at the office. I actually have uh, a portable turntable at home to bring out my backyard or the front porch, and I have two hardwired. One in my basement, one in our foyer, because we just we just love records. There, there, there's a brewery nearby that does once a month. They do a whole like setup where you can pick through, use records, and drink beer and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm glad it's, it's coming back. The record stores I, I didn't love, but the the records are great. So, like, I listen to Sirius XM, and one of the channels is classic vinyl, and they have mm-hmm. the sound effect of a needle hitting the record, and it just hear like. <laughs> static i love it it just brings back memories anyway yeah it's uh, a whole experience (laughs) it is it's it's definitely a a cool experience and you know i don't know if that ties into loyalty i think it's more traditionalist people that like what what was old is now new and it's Mm kind of making a comeback in that in that respect but i wanted to let let, let me dive into to proper because i wanted to ask Mm -hmm. from a b2b standpoint how do you think about businesses that are being loyal to other businesses? Like, how do you create brand loyalty in a B2B space where it's generally one-on-one? You might not have thousands of clients. You're going to have a couple of clients that are right. high-worth clients. How do you create loyalty or how do, you, how do you encourage your B2B clients to think about creating brand loyalty to their brand on a B2B basis? So let's start by defining brand. And in our definition of brand, your brand is your reputation. So when you think about it that way, you know, it takes away that like your brand, your logo, you know, which is we struggle with that a lot because people think of brand as part of like the things that are the brand expression, like your identity, your, your logo, your website, your messaging. But that, those are all the components that make it up and make up your reputation and what we really try to hammer home to anybody that that you know can get an earshot of us is that you're going to get the reputation you deserve not necessarily the one you want so it's always aspirational work towards who you want to be and that's not fake it till you make it right because that's bullshitting people but it's being yourself uh there's a book i read last year uh from one of our clients, these guys are all like ex-former military, become entrepreneurs. They're interesting dudes, fighter pilots and people that shot cannons and things, uh, stuff that I've never done. 
Um, but they had, they kept recommending books to me, which I love. And the one was uh, about uh, this fellow named Naval Ravikant. And he's a, an investor, VC type guy, but he's very principled. And I love the book. Uh, and it, my biggest takeaway was, you know, when you are, and I'm quoting him, paraphrasing, he said, when you are your authentic self, you don't have any competition because no one can compete with you on being you. And that resonated immensely. That, that just put it in a way that I wish I could, uh, what we're trying to do with our clients, what we're trying to advise them to do. Just be yourself, be your authentic. Don't look to the others and say, that's who we want to be, or that's who I want to become. Like, think about what about that brand or that business is inspiring to you or what you relate to, right? And that's all, that's what it's all about is the relatability factor. So when you have good relationships with partners, I got, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, high value business partners, whether it's from like referral sources or they're collaborating with us on projects. What it comes down to it is we want to work with people we like. And we like them because we share values with them. We share principles with them. We share a common purpose. We give a shit about the same stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And what, what we try to really extract from our clients is like, what do you guys really give a shit about? And lead with that. Lead with that point of view. Lead with that purpose, right? And, uh, you know, Patagonia is probably the one who's the most well-known in terms of having a purpose greater than transactions, we're all in business to make money. We're all in business to do well, but it doesn't have to come at the cost of, you know, uh, others or the world, right? right? And I think about it in terms of like how nature, you know, uh, thrives uh, without humans, right? It's symbiotic. They're sharing, they're giving, they're getting what they need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a, a healthy business ecosystem should look at nature and be inspired by that and say, how can we be have a symbiotic relationship with our colleagues, with our customers, with our team, right, with our community? And that's going to get you in a spot that you feel more fulfilled than frustrated because you can be yourself, right? So when we, we, we bring on a new client for us or we help our clients obtain uh, new customers for them, it's all leading with authenticity. It's all leading with purpose and core values because those are the way we're going to not trick or influence or advertise and you know have some gimmicks and taglines and slogans and people are fun. That's not going to bring in new business. It's going to bring in new business is really conveying what you do for whom and why you do it. And that's going to help conversations happen that are going to be a lot more fruitful where people are like, yeah, I, I, you jive with me. I know you can help me with your direct language on your website or your marketing says what you do. I need help with that. Let's have a conversation and we'll both decide if it's the right fit. So let me ask you then, uh, Bobby, how does that tie into the title of the book, build your brand? Like, you don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I'm incorrect. It's like you give a shit. Sorry. Oh, I, I, I missed it. Bad notes. That's okay. Um, it's it, it it ties in because what we're what we're trying to you know what I'm sharing through all my experiences and lots of stories and um, good and bad, funny and sad uh, experiences throughout my career is that you know there's a there's a ton of things that will make you not like your job, your boss, you know these companies you engage with. But there's only a few things that are really going to make you love it and focus on those few things, right? Like you hate your job because of the commute, 
or your boss is, is a is a you know micromanager or the location stinks, the pay stinks. But if you give people, if you empower them, if you give them autonomy, if you could be trustworthy enough to trust them, like those are the things that are going to lead to a healthy ecosystem, a healthy environment that's going to attract the right people. So let me let me tell you about a client we had a few years ago. Uh, they were a client a couple of years before COVID. Uh, we were kind of doing just some light marketing things for them, advising them. And the managing, uh, the managing director said, let's grab beers. I want to talk about the future. It's great. I'll do that anytime. We don't even have to talk about the future. And we sat down and he said, I want to be acquired in three years. We're struggling mightily with recruiting. There were big data analytics. So it's software engineers, Python developers, you know, smart guys that there's not a ton of them walking around. And um, we want to increase revenue. So we created a uh, what's called a brand clarity workshop, which is, is really the starting point for us to, to help our clients, you know, embrace their purpose to unleash their potential. And we went through, we said, all right, let's keep marketing the way we're marketing. They marketed to Fortune 2000 companies. So it's not like they needed a thousand customers. They needed two, right? So we sat down, we went through the workshop, went through the workshop, you know, with, with the CEO and the managing director, super, super, super smart, tough people like Princeton grads, you know, football player, like this dude, big dude, like, but, you know, we sat there and we dug deep and we identified what they're really about and why their customers should care. And coming out of that workshop, uh, we finished it in early fall of 2019. Uh, a few months later, they doubled their revenue because they're able to reduce their sales cycle from 12 months to eight weeks because they were able to say their, convey their benefit concisely in the right tone to the right people, right? Not only that, you know, they want to be acquired in three years. Six months later, they were acquired. Hmm. So we lost our biggest client because hmm. they, qua- they, they quadrupled their retainer with us after they doubled revenue, which is not a problem that we lost our client. And we can get to that later because we want to lose our clients. That's our mission um, in the right way. Um, but they also were able to put in the infrastructure to identify what, what's the right person to hire for this, you know, employee experience for our culture, for what we're doing. And by saying like, we're not just looking at a resume to hire somebody, we're looking at the person and what their values are, what their principles are, what they care about, what's important to them. And the company could easily say, this is what's important to us. And we mapped out what's important to their customers. And we mapped out what's important to their potential talent. And putting that in front of them super empowers them to make the right decision to get the right employee, which is going to end up being a loyal employee because they appreciate what they're doing. They feel fulfilled. They're a valued asset to the team. The customer is going to be loyal because they're getting the same thing. They're getting the support, the experience, the people they need to make a difference. So in terms of us, right, like they tripled their retainer. They said, how, how, what should we spend with you per month? I said this and they said, okay. And we did it for a good three months before they got acquired. And I knew they were getting acquired, but the best part of the story is the, 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 the customer loyal, we 
uh, fostered with that client is, you know, about three months, three and a half months after the acquisition, they came back. So they're purchased by, they're acquired by a global uh, financial data, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar company. And they came back to us to help tell their new story, hmm. authentic story, their positioning, their what they can do, why to help empower their existing business dev team to go and sell in this new service to their existing customers. So that that's a self-fulfilling prophecy for us. Like that's what we started the company on. The hunch that I said, there's a better way if you keep it real, right? And focus on what's the most important stuff, not egos and whims and opinions, but what's best for the brand and what's best for the future customer. You get these types of outcomes. You get loyalty, you get revenue, you get goodwill, you get testimonials, you get references, all this good stuff that all people that are entrepreneurs uh, really desire. That's, that's great. I love that. I love that concept, Bobby, because again, that resonates with me. When you do something for someone that's true to form, and then they're going to come back, especially in, a, in an altered state based on the fact that they were acquired and then to still come back to you, you know, that, that speaks volumes. Right. Yeah, that's great. So let me ask you this. Uh, what does the future of loyalty look like to you? Uh, the good news is that I'm seeing a huge shift uh, that started years ago, but it's, uh, man, I really hope it really gains ground. Is that the, the authenticity of brands, like no, getting rid of the gimmicks, the platitudes, right? The silly stuff. Like we understand you and, you know, it's just all lies and nonsense and PR and spin, right? But the people are, brands are really taking a serious look at it because they know that, hey, wait a second, we can make money without, you know, bullshitting anybody and taking advantage of people. We can be successful here. In fact, we can be more successful. There's a there's a Forbes study I, I've been referencing for, since the pandemic started because I looked at the pandemic as a recession because there's no historic data on how to navigate through a pandemic. Now we have it, but uh, unfortunately, but I looked at it as a recession and, and there's basically a recession every 10 years. So there's lots of data on there. And one thing I learned is that brands that have sustained uh, you know, and even Jim Collins, Good to Great, talks a lot about this. Like brands that sustain are really focused on their purpose, their values, hire for that. They they sell to people around that. But, you know, it's leading with that as well. So it's like 94% of, of consumers, which I hate using that term consumers because people, but 94% of people say they want to engage with brands and will be loyal to brands that share a purpose that they believe in. Now, you know, we don't have to say that our purpose is, you know, saving the whales or, or you know, saving the rainforest. While, while those are, should happen, your, your purpose shouldn't be destroying those things, but your purpose can be something as simple as connecting people, uh, empowering people, right? And I think about our purpose at Proper, uh, you know, no matter who touches the brand and hopefully, hopefully the listeners take this away is we want people to improve, Want them to be better. Want to feel empowered. Uh, want them to, to feel uh, courage to be self-sufficient to go out and do things that they're you know previously afraid to do or not felt that they were in a position to do. So that empowerment is so critical to us that that's what we want to. We just happen to do branding and positioning and 
architecture and design and marketing and websites. Like that's, yeah, that's how we kind of like execute on those things. But I, our purpose is really to make our clients better. And in fact, uh, you know, I, I hope I'm not the only, you know, running the only agency that says we, we want our clients to succeed without us. Right. We want them to get to the point where they're self-sufficient and empowered with the tools, assets, the confidence, you know, all those things you need to succeed without us and go hire another agency to push the buttons or bring it in house or whatever. But we want to get them to the point where like we're scaling and all, all we need are, you know, social media graphics and email stuff and things I'm like, great, go on. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that really drives every decision we're making. And just think about the power you have, how much easier business and leading can be if your decisions can be quickly made by being able, having the guts to ask what's best for the brand and our future customer, but also the clarity to actually answer that. And that's what we start with, right? And that's what we have when we see our clients gain that. Like that's what fulfills me. Like I don't push pixels anymore, but I push that. And that, you know, up, up in the head and up in that confidence and up in that ability to lead and create an organization that can scale, like, you know, it's just helping them get there. And the way, the way I like to think about it is, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Uh, you know, we're not Luke, we're Obi-Wan. We're making sure your company, your Luke, our clients are Luke, that you heed that call to adventure and we put you in the right position to be able to to, exceed, uh, to uh, succeed in it. I love it. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Bobby, we could talk about this all day, but we found uh, over the uh, two years I've been doing this that 30 minutes is usually the max. So I want to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for taking the time uh, today. If, if listeners want to get a hold of you, Bobby, what's the best way they could do that? I mean, check me out on LinkedIn. Tell me how you heard heard of us. Um, it, um, my handle is that Bobby G. Uh, or you can check us out on our website. Uh, we created a landing page for Rob Show. It's properdesign.com, and proper is spelled P-R-O-P-R, -P -R, no E. Properdesign.com slash uh, loyalty dash minute. And just I'll hit put us it up. In the yeah, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. Awesome. Cool. Well, again, Bobby, I want to thank you for taking your time, sharing some of your valuable insights. I like the concept. Uh, you know, again, when you build something for someone that that lets them then go out and do it on their own, that's that's powerful stuff. You know, as long as they take it and, and run with it. I also want to thank our listeners for taking some of their valuable time sharing with us. If you think you've earned some uh, some value from the show, please do share. That's how we grow. Uh, to reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.